and welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV. And to talk about that disappointing defeat to Arsenal on Saturday, we'll look ahead to the Europa League game with Spartak Moscow and maybe have a, a quick look ahead to that Leeds game next week. We'll also talk about some of the other results that took place in the Premier League over the weekend as well in the company of Ewan Roberts and birthday boy Matt Elliott. So... Why, where else would you want to spend your birthday than uh, than doing extra time with uh, me and you and Matt? Exactly, Daniel. What a start to the week. What a start to my birthday. The sad thing is, <laughs> this is the highlight of my day. <laughs> a whole lot worse. But we won't go there. Although I'm going to have a nice meal with my uh, two sons and my young lady, etc. So, uh, yeah, let's get on with this, shall we? But thank you for mentioning it, Batesy. Thank you for not mentioning how old I actually am. I was going to say, uh, this particular than me. Yeah, it started well. <laughs> I'm sure I'll just take one quick Google from anyone that is interested. You uh, and how are you? You were in a bit of a thriller at the weekend, weren't you? Yes, I was, yeah. Um, I was at the, is it the Bet365 Stadium, is that what they call it, at Stoke now. Uh, I was there, I mean, Stoke were cruising now. Soon enough at half time, we come out for the second half. Um, score in the 46 minutes to make it 3-0, put the game to bed. Game's all over because Cardiff were, were once again awful looking at the staring down their ninth consecutive defeat. But they, they, they pulled a rabbit out of the hat, to be fair. They scored three goals in the space of six minutes with about 15 minutes to go to rescue a point. And the feeling that you've got, and you see this quite a few times when a team make a comeback of, of, of that sort of magnitude, had there been another five, ten minutes, they could have gone on to, to win the game. Uh, but I mean, it was it was daylight robbery in the end, to be fair. Uh, they, they didn't deserve anything. But as I said, they'd lost eight games on the spin. They needed to stop the rock, get something. Um, and they did. And it was a decent start for caretaker manager Sh- uh, Steve Morrison. Uh, speaking of comebacks, Matt, Leicester weren't able to come back on Saturday, were they? That we, we said at the weekend, didn't we, that had they been able to get that goal maybe just before the break we'll talk about Aaron Ramsdale and the saves that he made or or one of the chances that they had early in the second half you'd have fancied Leicester to get at least a point but they just weren't able to get that crucial early-ish goal back no that's right and they made about an effort of it though in fairness I think I don't know it was a game that probably divides opinion and even even my own sort of um, contrast itself, real contradicts itself. I mean, Brendan Rodgers mentioned it. The first 25, 30 minutes, Leicester just weren't at the races for whatever reason. And it is, it is an issue. You know, you can see, you could look at it in, um, in in a few instances, really. You know, certain games where they were slow to start. Brentford last week, even. Mm. You know, knew what was coming at them, coming their way. Um, they were somewhat fortunate, really, to to not concede, um, and then then got a foothold in the game, and, and looked the better team. You could say the same at the weekend against Arsenal, but by then against slightly superior opposition, um, despite Brentford beating Arsenal early in the league, and Arsenal Arsenal looked good, didn't they, for that first half hour? And I didn't think they looked too shoddy for the rest of the game. But Leicester, they really. Gave their all. Um, this was, the Premier League conceded two-goal advantage. It's a bit more difficult than Cardiff coming back against Stoke, coming back against Arsenal. And you never felt that Leicester... I don't know, certainly I didn't. I didn't think they were going to make... You know, possibly they might get the one goal, but I didn't think they were going to get the two back. I felt as if Arsenal just had that little bit in reserve as well, possibly, if they needed it. Having said that, Leicester went mighty close. And this is where I'm talking about the contradiction because Ramsdale was the outstanding player of the game, wasn't he? He's the, you know, put in a miraculous performance. So Leicester can't have done too bad. But at the same time, for me, there weren't any situations where I thought Leicester should have scored there. You know, there weren't golden opportunities. Probably the two clearest, most central chances were the two headers, for me, from memory, uh, where Ramsdale wasn't brought into action. Vardy got too good a connection. Harvey Barnes, not good enough connection. But they, you know, they were both in the middle of the goal, a fair distance out, but decent opportunities. And We'll never know, will we? We'll never know. And 
You'd like to think if Leicester got one, they would have certainly piled the pressure on. But left themselves too much to do. And for whatever reason, it was just sloppy, wasn't it? Sluggish early on. And Arsenal looked really impressive, really impressive. And they're on an upturn, aren't they? They're on. At the same time, not too much for Leicester to worry about. You know, the, the last hour of the game suggested that things are not too wrong at the moment. Yeah, if they just started the game, you and the way they did after, let's say, 20 minutes, obviously it was a, it's a completely different game. But as Matt says, if you go 2-0 down in the Premier League, at any point in the game, it's difficult to come back, let alone after 20 minutes. Yeah, and I saw the score um, when, I, when I was at, the, at Stoke and I thought, 2-0 down after 18 minutes. I looked at the form that Arsenal were in, hadn't lost in. In, in eight games, hadn't conceded in five of those games. So that tells you everything how Arteta's got them playing. He's got them very, very organised, very, very disciplined. Now they've got that quick counter-attacking threat, which they showed in the opening 15, 20 minutes of, of the game. And I just thought it was always going to be tough. I didn't see the game because obviously I, I was working. I've, I've seen highlights. Um, I thought it was a different story in the second half. But that's... And, and, and Marty's... You know, it hits the nail on the head for me. The signs were there last week at Brentford with a, a sluggish, slowish start in the opening 10 minutes. You know, Brentford create a couple of chances, put the pressure on. You know, Leicester are finding it hard to get into the rhythm, which they did in the, in the opening 25 minutes against Arsenal. Um, I mean, the difference was they didn't concede a goal against Brentford and they won, went and scored a, an absolutely magnificent goal after 14 minutes. But you can't you can't give good sides that that type of lead, and it's I've always looked at Leicester over the last five six years. They are at their best when they fly out of that dressing room, especially at the King Power, when they're on the front foot, when they're squeezing up the pitch, when they're pressing high, putting putting the opposition under pressure in and around the the, the opposition's penalty penalty area. I think that's when Leicester uh, that's when they play well. That's when they win games. And they didn't quite do that. On another day, they could have got a result because plenty of chances, you know, 16 efforts, eight on Ramsdale goal. Ramsdale's goal, he's probably had his best game um, in, a, in an Arsenal shirt. You know, he, he, he was magnificent, to be fair to him. Um, disappointing. This disappointing result because of the, of the nature of how, how Leicester started that first half. Now, the first goal again, Carbon copy of the one of Brentford's goal last week. In swinging corner into that near post. Doesn't get defended properly. And I, I look at that first goal and I, I saw Brendan's interview after. He's spot on. It's, it's a blatant free kick on Samari uh, that leads up. OK, there's a, there's a bit more to it. But what on earth Michael Oliver's looking at? I, I don't know. It's a blatant free kick. I can't remember what Arsenal played it was. But he's, he's, he's well late. He's caught him on, on, on his knee. They then... 10, 15, 15 seconds later to win that, court, that first corner, which, you know, Danny Vardy heads out for the second one. And I think it was Sumare who comes on for the second corner, who's picking up Gabriel. And whether he was right, Dan, whether he was still a bit sore, still a bit, he was limping a little bit, I, I'm not too sure. But he's the one that's picking Gabriel up, who gets that yard on him, on that near post. I, I, it's a good header, but once again, it's, a, it's another goal that's, that's conceded from a set piece, which is a disappointing aspect. I think both you and Brendan Rogers, you would make a good point there about the. the it, it was a foul, really, on Tiara. Yeah, yeah. You see it again, it, it is a foul. Had Arsenal scored from that counter attack, I think VAR would probably intervene and say that was a foul, actually. You, you, you take it back. But because then it was a corner, it's a different sort of phase of the game, isn't it? So they're not able to bring it back, which is probably a, another frustrating thing. It is, but I. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was quite close to the incident, was Michael Oliver. You know, I only had to see it once, Dan. And, and for me, it was quite obvious that, that there was no contact with, with the ball whatsoever from the Arsenal player. He was, he was half a second late. And I say, he, he's clattered into Samari. And, and it's a blatant free kick. You know, I'm not too sure what he's looking at. Uh, but as you say, had, had they then gone on and scored, he would have been told, right, go and check this incident. But as you say, it's what maybe a minute or so after that initial incident that in, in, involved that, that free kick that wasn't given and, and they score the goal. But it was, it, you know, and, and that frustrates managers. It really, really does when 
when a referee misses an instant that's that clear, in my opinion, as, as that instant was. Yeah, disappointing and frustrating. But anyway, Matt, Leicester had to deal with that. And, and, and they didn't, I think, when they were on the counter-attack for the second goal, you turned to me and said, oh, this could be 3-0 here. Not too long in the future because of the way that Arsenal were dominating the game. And from that exact counter-attack, Arsenal did get the second goal. And, and you could see the reaction from the, the, the Leicester fans at King Power Stadium. They were just frustrated, weren't they, and shocked by the start that had been made. Yeah, and I think the players were a bit shocked by it as well. You know, they, they seemed, well, stunned. You know, they, they seemed a little bit dazed by, by the situation, really, by their lack of ability to, to perform, really. Um, you know, probably sort of scratching their heads uh, inside themselves and, and thinking, you know, what's happening here? What, what, why aren't we playing like we know we're capable of? And it, it's difficult to put your finger on it. You know, for Brendan Rodgers, it, it, he's mentioned it. It's obviously something that he's tried to address you know, before the game. And for whatever reason, they're not coming out the blocks uh, as he would like, or certainly on a few occasions. But yeah, I, yeah, I literally did. I mean, it's, I wish I wasn't thinking that way at the time, but just prior to him scoring a second, Arsenal looked a class apart against Leicester at that time on the day. Um, you know, even Yuri Tillemans, who's been exceptional of late, his passes were going uh, wayward and it, it was just sort of being made up off the cuff, really. And all round, they looked, they looked hesitant defensively, didn't they? And a little bit unsure and there was no sort of cohesion about the play. Generally, Arsenal were the polar opposite and came out, looked strong physically. They looked, you know, as if they were properly up for the game. I was going to say prepared, not that Leicester weren't, but they were ready to, to rumble straight away, basically, weren't they? And um, worked hard, organised, as Ewan said. And that was the difference, that opening 20 minutes. The, that was, you know, the defining time of the game. And you just felt however well Leicester played after that. And in fairness, they didn't, they didn't let things rattle them for too long. I said they looked a little bit shell-shocked in the first part of the game. But they managed to sort of shrug that off and came back with a valiant effort. But as we've said already, it was, it was too far gone already. But, um, you know, so, so there's no reason, I don't think, to be you know, too down. It's not like Leicester were pulverised for the whole game, far from it. But that opening period should serve as a start warning going forward. It, it's happened um, in, in, Mos uh, in Moscow as well, you know, similarly. Um, a mediocre first half and just doing enough, but came unstuck on a couple of occasions. You know, let's do, let's do a better than that. They, they've got more about them than that, and they need to produce consistency, um, you know, game in, game out, because they're coming thick and fast. They can't afford to have little highs and lows because it'll come to bite them. But, um, but uh, you know, having it all said and done, you're disappointed. It was a good opportunity, and I thought it was quite a, quite a good sort of indication of where Leicester probably are right now going into that game against Arsenal. Similar points, Tally. Um, you know, similar levels, really. I think, and that's a compliment to Leicester. But Arsenal are a better side than people give them credit for. And for Leicester be to competing genuinely on an even kill with Arsenal is some achievement in itself. But, you know, they've just got to... They've just got to brush up on a, on a few aspects of the game because they have the capability. They, they've shown that before. They've shown it later in the game. But just little small margins of error, errors, isn't it? May, you know, have a big impact. Um, just tidy up a little bit on the game. We'll sort of be fine going forward. Yeah, I think that's probably what Brendan Rodgers will be saying as well, Ewan. But, I mean, you'll, you'll have played in teams that maybe didn't start a game very well or, or weren't at it at certain points in the game. How difficult is it to to go up in the gears suddenly like that if, if you've not started well? Does it take one big challenge, a big 50-50, one good move, something like that? That's, that's all it takes, one, one, one play, you know, giving it a hell of a challenge in, in midfield or you know, putting a strong tackle in or a shot on goal, uh, a good goalkeeping save. Uh, that, that can, hey, we've got to get going here. But, but it's all like having a slow start. And, and, you know, teams do it quite often, to be fair. 
but you can't concede two goals in the in the opening eighteen minutes. You've you've got to somehow get through that awkward fifteen minute period if the opposition are at it, if they've come out flying out of traps, um, you know, buzzing around everywhere, keeping the ball, passing the ball with 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 purpose, with intensity, to get you know, counter attacking quickly. You've got to you've got to weather the storm, Dan. You've got to get people back in their defensive shape and they're right, hey come on, we we're not at it yet. You know, and the, the thing that, that surprised me, only two, I think it was only Thomas and, and Sinchu who started yesterday, which started on, uh, on Wednesday in, in the Carabao Cup game against Brighton. So there was rested legs there. You know, OK, I know, I know the majority, most of the players played on, on Sunday, but had, had a good chunk of rest leading up to, to this game because it was a 12.30 kickoff, which so I, I am surprised that, that Leicester started so... Uh, to slowly, but maybe you've got to give the opposition credit at times. You know, maybe we, we look at uh, to point the finger at blame at your team, at your players. Of he's not doing that, he's not doing this. But sometimes you've got to look at the opposition, and they were far better in that opening twenty-five minutes. They were brighter. They kept the ball better. They had better movement. Um, they 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 worked as a team. Um, and you know, sometimes you, you you've got to look at the big picture and say, yeah, we weren't quite right. We didn't start that game well at all. We we were sluggish. We were slow for for whatever reason, but we were get we were playing against a good side. Yeah, and particularly Saka and Smith Rowe, Matt. They're two very exciting talents. Particularly, I think Smith Rowe. Uh, he's got a very very bright future. Yeah, he's he's a he's a class performer, isn't he? I, I remember, and there are similarities. Um, but I, I remember watching Jack Grealish in his very, very early days on Aston Villa. And I, straight away, I was like, he's a player. Because <laughs> whatever position, he came on in number 10 role, I think, from memory. But never really heard of him. He's just coming on the scene. Um, and, it, you know, he didn't do anything spectacular. It was just the way he carried the ball, his touch, his confidence. Just a natural... Footballer, and similarly with, with Smith Rowe, I think again, his, his similar style, etc. He's got a big, big future, yeah. Works hard as well, works very hard on top of the undoubted talent he's got. Obviously, got himself a goal, and yeah, he was uh, he caught the eye for sure. Uh, also, Saka, everyone knows about Saka, but that, that, that's where I think Leicester came a little bit unstuck early on, generally. They were off the pace a bit. But I think if Leicester are going to play that formation, they're at home. Well, I think it's caused problems for Leicester previously. You know, they've been successful away from home. It's more, it's probably more suitable or easier to play that away from home with the three becomes a five and then you hit on the counter, you know, with the three in midfield, the extra man. You've got the two up top. Um, at home, sometimes the wing-backs don't know whether to stick or twist a little bit. And I think without singling him out, Luke Thomas was brought in. Uh, you know, he's, he's an exceptional young talent, don't get me wrong, but he had a big job on his hands. Saka and Tommy Asu on, on the right full-back position, with, you know, who looked very strong, uh, very competent, and was just sort of backing up Saka. And Luke Thomas didn't know... Ideally, if you're going to press and try and harry the opposition early on and start with a lot of energy. Luke Thomas has got to have that confidence, stroke encouragement maybe from behind to, to push on to their fullback. You know, perhaps go and close him down. Then Soyuncu comes in onto Saka. So you stretched it a bit as a back three, but that didn't really happen. And even Castagna didn't really go and press Tavares too much. Uh, and then that Arsenal got possession and it didn't quite work. And that sort of nervousness developed from there, really. And then, then they came to terms with it. I don't think it's any, by any accident, you know, the, changing the system at half-time, Leicester got on top a little bit more. And the, but that's to look forward to, you know, uh, in the future. Uh, you don't have to stick with that back three all the time. He's doing well. I think he'll revert back to it against Moscow. But, um, yeah, Smith, Rowan, Saka. I, I, to be fair, in that opening half-hour, you could go through the holding at Arsenal team. They looked impressive. I mentioned the two fullbacks. Gabriel, he's had his critics. I didn't realise he was such a young age for a centre-back, 23. Ben White, similar age, I think. Um, they've got some young talent in that team. 
who, who are going to be real players. And all of a sudden, they're going in the right direction, aren't they? So I think Leicester City supporters have got to be mindful of who the opposition were. I know people might scoff at that and say, hang on a minute, everyone was ridiculed in Arsenal not long ago, but people like to do that too easily. They're, they're a good, good side. You, know, you don't become an Arsenal player by chance. Similarly, last year at the King Power, people were expecting Leicester to turn Arsenal over. They're quality performers. If they get it right on a day, they're tough, tough opposition. Yeah, final word on Arsenal's value, and everyone talks about this start that they made. As, as Matt said, people maybe scoff at the fact that him saying how good Arsenal were. The start they had was away at Brentford, newly promoted team in the Premier League. We saw how difficult a place that was to go in that Injuries, Dan. Lots of injuries before lots as well. Injuries. And then they lost to Chelsea and to Man City as well. So it, yeah, it, I, I think the one that's hurt them was that opening game they had at Brentford. Because, I mean, people have always said about, about Arsenal, they're a bit of a soft touch. Uh, you can get in their faces, you can bully them. Because um, they've got that softness about them if you like um, and, and that's what Brentford did got in their faces and, and, and they couldn't handle it couldn't handle it on the on the, the Friday night wasn't it before the uh, before the the, the, the weekend uh, the Premier League weekend started and, and they got well and truly beaten it was a tough start it was a tough start I mean what they had then after after those three defeats they uh, they had a home game against uh, against Norwich which gave them a great opportunity and didn't score a goal in those opening three games which probably surprised Everybody with with the talent that that they've got, but slowly but surely, you know, Arteta's getting things right. He's been under pressure; it hasn't quite happened for him. But you can see him turning the corner. He's he's brought a new some new fresh faces in, and and then a young squad, that a young side, as as Matty alluded to. Then I, I saw um, uh, Emil Smith throw. Uh, is it Emil Smith throw? Yeah, yeah. So I saw him quite a bit when he was at Huddersfield. He was on loan a couple of seasons ago at Huddersfield. And even then, I think, I think he was 18, 19. You could tell he had a massive future in front of him. You ask any, any Huddersfield Town fan. Uh, he, he, a bit like Dewsbury Hall went to Luton. You know, he, that, that season, he, he, was, he was their best player by a country mile. Um, any individual bright sparks from a, a Leicester City point of view, Matt, at the weekend? I think uh, off the top of my head, I mean, first half, you're looking at it, you're struggling. Matt Madison was, you know, he featured throughout, but he, without being able to make a real impact. But it was difficult for him. But, you know, he, he was trying to pick up good positions and try and sort of turn the tide for Leicester a little bit. But it didn't quite come off for him eventually. Harvey Barnes, with his introduction, um, passed, you know, change of system worked well in, 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 from Leicester's point of view. But all of a sudden, Tommy Asu looked you know, a proper player in the first half, but had it too easy. Up against Barnes, he was he had his hands full and sometimes struggled. Harvey brought something different um, to Leicester's play. And I thought, you yeah, know, that was good, encouraging to see him come back at, at that sort of level. Uh, could have nicked himself a goal, but for the heroics of Ramsdale, who came and smothered out an opportunity when he was through. But um, I'm trying to think there... <laughs> there weren't there weren't too many standout performances really were there Lookman when he came on as well you know caused a different problem as well the two substitutions Dakar didn't have too much chance to sort of have an impact but you know Jamie Vardy didn't have didn't feature too much did he really um, throughout the course of the game you know which is a little bit disappointing that he's not not necessarily for any fault of his own, you know, but the, but the ammunition wasn't provided for him. But no, there were lots of mediocre performances, edgy in the first half hour. But because of the sloppy start, it sort of filtered through the rest of the team and there was a nervousness. But, but I, you know, on, on a positive aspect of that, you have to give him a little bit of credit for turning it around because even at that early stage, 20 minutes gone, 2 0 down. <laughs> You couldn't be forgiven for it, but some people might have thought the game was over already. That's how dominant Arsenal were. And I said I fancy it to be 3 0 the way things are going. But when they scored the second, I'm thinking it could be even worse here. But they, they turned that round, in fairness, showed good character. And that's not easy. It's not easy because 
as we've said already, Arsenal are a very, very good side. Um, better than they're given credit for. Although, again, we mentioned it at the weekend, they're not at that level where Man City, for instance, or Liverpool, get two in the mind, you're saying that Brighton turned it round against Liverpool, didn't they? But Man City, you know, you, that, that calibre of side, you think there's no getting back more often than not, certainly. But against Arsenal, there was that possibility. They, didn't, they weren't able to control the game for the duration. And it, it was a bit more of a realistic reflection the second half, shall we say. Leicester unable to make the breakthrough. But no, no need for despondency, I don't think, going forward. Now, final word on, on the game, Ewan. Uh, I know you were impressed with James Madison when you saw Leicester live at Brentford last week. Um, but for that wonder save from uh, Aaron Ramsdale, he gets that free-kick goal. Leicester are right back in the game. And that would kind of sum up James Madison's last month or last few weeks. He's been really good since that international break. And, and that would have capped it off. Yes, I know he scored the winner at Brentford. It was a tap-in. But had that free-kick gone in for Leicester and for James Madison, it would have meant an awful lot, both in the short term of the game and, and in the long term of, of James Madison's season. Yeah, that's, that's what we know he's, he's more than capable of, of doing from that type of, of, of situation. That, um, and it's taken an unbelievable save to stop him from scoring from that free kick. I, I actually thought when I first saw it that he probably would have to go for power rather than sort of try and get it over the wall and, and get it to dip because he was that close to the, to the penalty area. And if you, if you look at the Wolves looking after that side of the goal, Ramsdale's on his right-hand side. He's looking after the right-hand side of, of, of the goal. Sorry, the Wolves looking after the left-hand side. And just the quickness of his feet to get across his goal line. And maybe James didn't quite get it as close to the post as he would have liked. Had he done that, there's, not a way, there's no way on this planet that, that the goalkeeper's getting across and getting his fingertip and putting it onto the bar. And, but... You know, it, it was a fantastic free kick and it, it took probably the best save of the season up to now to stop him. But he's getting better, Dan. And, you know, we, we know what a good player James Madison is. We know he's technically superb. We know his, his range of passing is, is top class. He, he can open up a defence. He can, he can score goals. He's great delivery from, from set pieces, scores free kicks. Um, you know, he, he's had a bit of a slowish start because... He's picked that hip injury up last season and it, it's taken him a bit of time to, to get back to where he was before he picked up that hip injury. But the signs, the signs are there. You know, James Madison is getting back to his best. Absolutely. Um, right, let's move on to the game on Thursday then, Matt. Uh, Europa League uh, against Spartak Moscow. Massive game again for Leicester. I was just looking at the group then before we came on. Like you also obviously top on six points, then you've got the two teams on four points, one team on, on three points as well. So it's very close, this group now. And if Leicester can get the victory over Spartak Moscow, they put themselves in a brilliant position heading into the final two games. Yeah, that's right. You know, depending on Legia, uh, how, how they get on in, in the next game. But it's, it's going to be tight, isn't it? It's going to be tight. I think from the, from the off, you know, when people saw the draw, there was a little bit of a sharp intake of breath thinking, this is uh, <clears throat> probably the toughest group of the lot, certainly one of them. Um, but, yeah, such is life. That's the way it comes and you have to deal with it. But they're not making a particularly good fist of it in, in the second game as much as anything. Let the, let the opportunity slip in the first against Napoli. But there's time to turn it round. That, that was a huge result against Moscow. Um, and without being too overconfident, you know, the games come thick and fast. There isn't much time to sort of take stock uh, after the Premier League and before you know it, Europa League is there and every game's huge, um, particularly in and around this time. Big fixture schedule coming up over the Christmas period. Difficult to deal with. On the injury front, you hope it goes as smoothly as possible. But I fancy Leicester strongly. I, I have to because what I saw of that defensively, they were so open. Pats and Daka, tremendous effort. Scoring four goals, you know, is an unbelievable feat um, in, in any situation. But they made it far too easy for him. And they're, they're just slicing through them at will. Now, you'd imagine that they would try and address that. Perhaps the fact that they're playing away from home might make them more reserved, more compact as a defensive unit. But, the, the, the openness 
I don't, I'm not sure it can be sealed that quickly, that easily. And we spoke to the Moscow reporter and the build-up to the game. They said they're a very emotional team, as in some people might might laugh at that statement or whatever, you know, wonder what does that mean? But I don't, they have a certain personality, but you don't know. It looks like they have a few personalities within the team. They don't quite know what they're going to produce themselves. I mean, the, the performance against Napoli, if, if you watch Leicester's game against Moscow, you'd be scratching your head thinking, how did, how did that happen? But it did. So they do have that potential, that threat um, within their ranks. But defensively, <laughs> Leicester, Leicester would be desperate not to throw away the hard work that they put in to get themselves back into a decent position. Uh, the key games, probably, you'd like to think, without looking too far ahead, it would be the Warsaw game. Uh, that would probably be the crunch fixture. But for now, focus on Moscow. But I suppose the, the obvious question is, what will Brendan Rodgers do? Um, with the game obviously against Leeds lurking at the weekend he's going to have to tinker a little bit without making too many adjustments because you don't want you don't want that to be a reason his team selection to be a reason that things backfire so I I think it will just be a sprinkling of changes possibly uh, and a big loaded bench as well to come on as reinforcements if necessary well, you look at a team that, that went to Moscow, Ewan, and, and you'd assume it would probably be quite similar to, to that one, won't it, on Thursday? I, I, I think so. I think so, because of how tight the group is. Um, I mean, Leicester at home in this competition last season. Do you think, Ewan, do you think you'll stick with the three, the three at the back at home? I think so, I think so Matt. I think, so. I, I think some, sometimes people... People, including us, we can we can make too much of formations and, and one thing or another. No one was complaining about the, the three at the back against Manu when you know the, the club went out and, and, and performed magnificently and, oh, and scored no, four against against Manu. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and because because it, if you don't go with with the three at the back, how do you get then those two up front? Which I think Brendan enjoys playing with. He, I think he enjoys playing with with two up front. Obviously, you've got more of a goal threat. Um, I think it has to be. It's got to be a, a winning game for for Leicester because of, of the situation of the group. You're probably playing against the weakest team in that group. I was looking at their results, and after conceding four against Leicester, you've touched on it, Matty, about them defensively. They went to Zenit St Petersburg and conceded seven. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're not great defensively, you know, and, and I think it's a good game for Leicester. After, ha after what happened on, um, on, 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 uh, happened on yesterday, I think it's a good, uh, on Saturday, I'm sorry, I think it's a good game for Leicester, you know, a very, very winnable game at home. Puts them then in a, in a good position, in a tough group, you know, I think this time, last, last season in, in the Europa League, I think qualification was nearly done and dusted because it was a, a much easier group, and you said when when this group was first, first drawn out, you just got the feeling, oh, this could go all the way. This could go to the to the last game, and I still think it think it will go to that Napoli um, away game. Just but just because of their de defensive weaknesses um, and and the options that that Brendan has, and I think he will go relatively strong, even though is it Leeds on yeah. Sunday at, at two o'clock? You know, Leeds uh, Leeds away on 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 Sunday, and it. If you look at the next, I think next six fixtures in the Premier League, five of those fixtures against teams in the bottom, bottom seven. Was it bottom seven? Yeah, bottom seven. So you know, you get a win on, you get a win on Thursday night, put yourself in a good position in this group, within maybe one win of, of qualifying. Then you can start having a look at the bigger picture, the teams that you've got coming up in the Premier League, and hopefully and slowly start creeping them towards that back for uh, top four again. I know that you probably shouldn't do this, Ewan, but when you do look at the group and you think if Leicester can win these back-to-back -back home games against Spartak Moscow and then Legia Warsaw, that, that puts them on 10 points, which you would think would be enough for qualification, whether that's first or second place. But obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because they're two very tough games, particularly that one against Legia Warsaw, who 
in fairness, held Napoli till about, I think it was the 76th minute. They did lose 3-0 in the end, but it was 0-0 with about 15 minutes to go. Yes, and I'm looking at their results. Um, they've lost four of their, of their last five of, of Warsaw. So maybe they're not quite in, in the form that they would want to be. Uh, but I think you're right, Dan. I think, I think that's what Brendan and the lads have got a target now. I, I think when you win your two home games, your next, you know, back-to-back, your Open League home games at the King Power, and you've got a fantastic chance of, of finishing in the top two and qualifying for the knockout stages. I think that's got to be your target. I think four would be, I think, I think we'd, we'd accept four, but I think realistically, I think they've, they've got to, they've got to target six points from, from those two home games. It's probably what they would have targeted at the very beginning, Matt, isn't it? When they looked at the, the fixtures, the way they were laid out, they thought, OK, the back-to-back home games in, you know, game weeks, what is it, four and five, that they'll be vital <coughs> to get victories. Yes, um, they would have hoped they'd fared better, I think, in the, in the first three games, though. Um, you know, particularly that, they wouldn't have been expecting... You know, deep down, whether they would admit it, you don't want to come across too confident, but they wouldn't be expecting to lose to either Warsaw or Moscow, I don't think, whether home or away. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that they would, they would be complacent and think, oh, we're going to win these, both these games having away comfortably. They wouldn't be foolish enough to do that, but it came as a bit of a bolt, didn't it? Uh, losing against Warsaw. And... You look at it, I mean, more often than not, Leicester, again, the sloppiness comes into it a little bit, really. And uh, Leicester should have won that game you know, on, on the way they played, the chances they had. Mm-hmm. More often than not, you know, I said it at the time, probably eight, nine times out of ten, Leicester win that game. They didn't. Um, they came unstuck. So they need to be wary of the threat that Warsaw possessed, of course, but I fancy them strongly at home. Again, you know, without being complacent. I'm not, I'm not just, you know, with blue tinted glasses on. It's because of what I've seen in the games. Um, you know, probably nine and a half times out of ten, Leicester beat Moscow, the, the way that they perform. Perhaps they've got better up this sleeve. They must have. They must have to get the results against Napoli and to be where they are. But... But you fancy Leicester strongly. Yeah, very, very strongly. Napoli, that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. <laughs> Away from home. I think it's imperative that Leicester get the job done, or as, as well as they can do, over the next couple of games. Ten points, as has been mentioned regularly, surely that would be enough. I'm not sure mathematically it would ensure it, but in all likelihood that would be enough to get through. And then that would give them the confidence to go to Napoli and have a proper go at it. it you know, they, they could play in a different approach rather than, I don't know, going there trying to make sure they don't lose, which they might need a point, etc. depending on the other results. They could go there and play with a little bit of freedom and might go and surprise Napoli a bit because they know they can hurt them. They've shown that already in the home fixture. Uh, you'd assume Pats and Dakar's playing as well, you and after that performance um, in in Moscow, what was it a week and a half ago? Have you ever scored four in a game? Never, ever. I mean, I only got what did I get? It took me. When was that Leicester derby game? I think I must have been about twenty-seven. It took me it took me a while to get my first hat trick done. Um, I had a few braces over the years for for for, for Huddersfield, uh, for Watford, but no, never scored four. Never scored four. It must be a great feeling. Must 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 be a great feeling. You know, I mean, it's not easy to do. It is not easy to, do to score four goals in in a game. But he's proved, and you know, we've spoken about his goal scoring record from his previous club. The lads can score goals. You give him opportunities. He, you know, he's clinical. He's he don't panic. He's cool. He's calm, um, and he'll put the ball in the back of the net. And yeah, I, you, you would think, wouldn't you, after what he what he did out in, um, in Moscow, that he might be one of the first names on, on that team sheet. And what would you do, Matt? Would you, would you play in a similar way? Would you just say, get Dakar running in behind exactly as we did in Moscow because that worked every single time? 
Well, just hang fire a little bit. You haven't asked me if I scored four goals in a game yet. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's your birthday, Matt, but I'm not going to be that nice to you today. <laughs> no, I'm not, I didn't even achieve a You probably didn't even in training, did you? No, no, no. I've got, got a few braces, as Ewan says. A couple of braces. In the Premier League, no less. But anyway, we'll move oh, on. A cup, a cup final as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one for a minute. But um, <laughs> would I play... That's why he was ending out there, you and wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, similar team or would I play Pats and Dacca was the question. Sorry. Uh, would, you, would you play in the same way? Would you feed Pats and Dacca in the same way? Just get him running behind again like he did in... Moscow? Certainly in the early stages and see if they're going to be as naive and open as they were... In, in the away leg, if uh, you know if they're going to continue in the same vein, if it's not broke, well, don't fix it. Yeah, uh, but you would imagine that they would be petrified by the prospect of the Pats and Dakar playing again at them, and surely they would try and prepare and ensure that it doesn't get such an easy route to goal. But I'm not sure what from what I saw that they've got that within them. I don't know. Time will tell. But yeah, you test them out, you sound them out. If they see if they if they're going to show the same weaknesses, you know, continue to take advantage of that. You you've got to preempt that it won't be quite so yeah. simplistic this time. You know, surely Leicester might have to be a little bit uh, more creative or you know a little bit cuter than they were. They could, it, it was it was so straightforward, wasn't it? You know, the spaces were bordering on ridiculous, really, but. Perhaps they'd have a different set-up, different approach, you know, coming here to the King Power. But um, whichever way, I think Ewan's right. I think, and now he's, those four goals, stating the obvious, and the one against um, Manu will, will serve Pats and Dacca tremendously well. I, I thought there was a little bit of anxiety about his play prior to that, you know, because he felt like he wasn't perhaps part of the fold. He was coming in. He hadn't had too many chances to sort of prove himself, cement a, you know, a, a position within the squad, if you like. But scoring that one against Manu and the four, he's in a fully fledged established member now, and he hasn't got that pressure, you know, to to on himself really on his shoulders to oh I, I need to score to to prove my worth, to establish my reputation. He's done that. You can relax and just play his natural game, which is goal scoring. You can see that. You can see that he's got a super eye for goal, and his, as his record suggests. Absolutely. Yeah, you can find out if Pat Sundaka plays and find out how that game goes on Thursday if you tune into LCFC TV's Match Day Live from 6.30. It is an 8 o'clock kickoff, of course, at King Power Stadium. Um, right, other Premier League games then uh, that took place at the weekend that caught your eyes. Ewan, we can start with you. Um, I mean, the, the result of, of the weekend for me, um, and what a great job Patrick Vieira is doing at Crystal Palace. It's not the first time Palace have been up to the Etihad and, and come away with three points. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think they're getting, going from strength to strength, Crystal Palace, and to go up to the Etihad. With, OK, they, Man City don't play with an out-and-out out number nine, if you like, but they've got goal threats from all over the pitch. I know they went down to, to ten men. But to score two goals, two good goals as well, uh, to keep a clean sheet, you know, to beat Man City, a lot of people's favourites to win the Premier League. I thought that was a that was the standout result for for me. Brighton at Liverpool, you know, two 0 down at Anfield to come back, and Graham Potter's doing a great job down uh, down on the on the south coast. So they were the the two ones that that stood out for for, for me, Dan. How about you, Matt? Well, similarly, yeah, yeah, for obvious reasons. <clears throat> Not too often that either of those teams drop points, um, certainly not simultaneously. I mean, they're Brighton, really. I mean, Palace have got a, a little bit of a, a, a an influence, or I can't think of what's the word, not the over Man City. Townsend scored a, a cork uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of seasons ago. Yeah. They beat them, beat them on that occasion, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. As well, not many teams go to the Etihad, Leicester being one of them. Um, and go and beat Man City, but I find it even even more surprising for me was Liverpool being pegged back by Brighton, as you mentioned there. I mean, that's some some achievement there because it was two 0 down early-ish as well, wasn't it? We talk about Leicester playing reasonably well, 
after going two down and never you know quite doing enough to, to get back peg back Arsenal but Brighton to do it away at Anfield against Liverpool with the mood that Liverpool are in you know what a performance that is so despite only being a point he's probably on a par in terms of sort of achievement with Crystal Palace but I suppose you have a big game with Man United Tottenham wasn't it you know everyone was looking at that for for many reasons really to see how both teams were going to react to the sort of negativity surrounding them. Unsurprisingly for me, Man United it was who, who turned it on because they've got those resources, haven't they? They've got that capability uh, to, you know, to put in a performance on any given day, but without having that sort of collectiveness about, them, about their play and regularity, consistency. But yeah, Tottenham looked... Uh, Tottenham looked very short, didn't they? Looked short in a lot of departments and uh, some problems ahead for them. But yeah, this, the Premier League, some people are saying, or lots of people say it's a, some people say it's three leagues in one or two divisions in one. It shows you that, you know, if, you, if you're not quite at your game, any team from any position in the league can cause you problems. And uh, the team, not just Leicester City, even the top teams need to be aware of that. Yeah, final point on the weekend. Could it be quite a pivotal one, Ewan, in the title race? Chelsea going up to Newcastle winning, both Man City and Liverpool dropping points at home where you really wouldn't expect them to? Uh, possibly, Dan. I mean, they're flying. They're, they're absolutely flying. And, and, you know, taking into consideration there's no Lukaku, there's no Werner, uh, there's no Mason Mount. Um, I would have expected that to be honest with you, Danny. To be honest, you know, them going up to James's Park, the, the situation that's going on up there, you know, Newcastle aren't, aren't a good side. Um, well, I think they had twenty percent possession at home, but you still got to go up there and perform. And Chelsea are looking strong. Chelsea are looking strong, solid defensively, not conceding goals. They've got the best defensive record in 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 the Premier League. Um, and they look an absolute, you know, European European champions look at an absolute top side. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the title race, of course, this season. Uh, Ewan, speaking of winning, got his first um, uh, football Jenga victory last week, didn't you, Ewan? Which you were very. I did. Good. I did. Um, I did. This one though is weighted a little bit more towards the birthday boy. So... Yeah, well, listen, he was only dealing with Taggart last week. Yes. That's no achievement, is it? Tag, tag doesn't wake up till about halfway through Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> or unless he's on the golf course as well. Uh, yeah. Right, okay. Um, with it being Matt Elliott's birthday, uh, I've gone back to Matt's debut for Leicester City, which was the 18th... Oh, that's not fair, is it? The 18th of January, 1997. Yes, it was. Leicester City against Wimbledon. Um, I said this was weighted in Matt's favour, so if Ewan wins this, this is like going away from home. Oh my God. Um, now, the starting 11s for both Leicester and Wimbledon, that's what I want you to name for me on that day. So, a reminder of the date, the 18th of January, 1997, Leicester against Wimbledon, Matt Elliott's debut. What were the starting 11s? Ewan, I will start with you, please. <laughs> Matt Elliott? Correct. <laughs> Well, I was going to, I was going to go a little gamble early on. First of all, I don't want to do anything silly. Okay, let's go. Neil Lem. Yeah. It could be a random someone suspended or injured. Uh, I'm going to go um, Muzzy. Is it? Steve Guppy. Ah, great shot. <laughs> no. Ah! Oh my God. <laughs> no, you're joking. Yeah, guts didn't start. No, that's what start. I mean, a little random yeah, one. That's, exactly. That is so poor. That is so exactly. poor. So the starting 11 was Casey Keller. Pontus Let me Bernard. tell you. Julian Watson. No. Nope. Oh, I'm doing well here, aren't I? Spencer Walsh. Pryor. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Pryor, Simon Grayson, Gary yeah. Parker, uh, Emil Heskey, Steve Claridge, Ian Marshall. We've got Claridge and we've got Eddie. Up at the back and the, and the two midfielders as well. Hang on, we had, did we have Heskey, Claridge and Marshall? Yeah. 
And then Parker, Lennon, is it? Presumably is a three. Four, three, three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember doing that. I remember, it, but as that was such a quick Jenga then, I can tell you a quick story about that. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, as you say, that was my debut. And we trained the day before. And Steve Wolford was our coach. And I, I'd just come up from Oxford. And I'm thinking, here we go, it's going to be technical in the Premier League, like Arthur Wenger like. And we trained on the Friday. Um, and we did, probably as, you, as we did in your time, uh, Ewan, but under Martin O'Neill, you did not a lot on a Friday morning. But I didn't know this at the time. Little warm up on our own for 10 minutes. And we played half hour, 10 minutes one touch, 10 minutes two touch, 10 minutes all in, young v old. That was it, then the lads walked off. And I thought, that, that's the end of training. <laughs> and I was thinking, surely not. Where's, where's the technical side of it coming? Steve Wolford, the coach, bear in mind we're playing Wimbledon. He says, uh, come back lads, come back lads. Uh, there's a bit of technical aspect that you need to know about the game tomorrow. So I thought, here we go. At least we're doing set pieces or something. Gathered us all on the edge of the penalty area. Steve Wolford walks to the far um, sideline. He said, big fella, throws the ball in, Vinnie Jones, right? Vinnie Jones, throws it to a big, and he walks over to the near post, throws it to another big fella, Marcus Gale. He heads it on, they try and score. He went, win the header against the big fella at the near post, and you win the game. And he went, anyway, that's all. get showered, see you tomorrow. <laughs> did, did he have the fag in his hand when he was saying it, mate? Well, I wasn't going to say that, but yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went on, we won every header at the near post, won the game 1 0. I think Clary scored. And uh, that was it, job done. But that, that was our pre match preparation for the uh, the oncoming crazy gang coming to Filbert Street. <laughs> yeah, your first ever team talk in the Premier League win the headers against one player and you'll win the game. Yeah, I'll run you through the, the Wimbledon team quickly. Neil Sullivan. I knew that. Game. Brian McAllister, Dean Blackwell, Chris Perry, Marcus Gale, and he's the one that you were referencing now, of course. Neil Hardley, Robbie Earl, Vinnie Jones, Ivan Leonardson, and Efren Okoku. Hey, I don't know why. Ooh. That was a banker, I thought. Um, Guts. I was going to start going through the Wimbledon team. That's two on a spin. That's two on a spin, I was going to say, on Matt's hey. birthday, in a um, football <laughs> Jenga that's specifically for Matt, you and you've done very well there. It's my birthday, I, handing out presents. <laughs> I sort, I'd sort of read it, thinking of Europa League, name all the other Europa League teams in the competition. I'd sort of... Champions no. League, Champions League teams, but you, you, you threw a spanner in, Dan, and I still won. Yeah. <laughs> No, I told no. you, my birthday's got off to a bad start and it's not getting any better. <laughs> well, I hope we've entertained you for an hour or so, Matt, anyway, on your birthday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great meal tonight. Um, yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. Ewan, thanks as ever for, for joining see us. See you Thursday, boys. Always, Cheers, yeah. chat.